Crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time. And the episode I am watching through and talking about this week is Season 2, Episode 3, Super Bowl. I got two tickets to the Super Bowl. No, it's it's full. That's cute that you said that because you're a freaking idiot. Super Bowl airing June 8th, 2003. All the football fans, the hunks, the hut hut hikers are going to be excited. We have a football packed episode, well, sort of, this week. And this one, one of my favorites from the season, I think. I'm going to say right off the bat, this one brings back a lot of memories of being in 5th grade, 6th grade, watching this on DVD. I've been feeling really nostalgic lately, thinking about stuff I did around that time. For example, that's when I got into the game RuneScape. And I'd kind of been thinking about that a little bit after reading a story about it recently on the subreddit Hobby Drama. And so watching this episode alongside having those kind of nostalgic thoughts in the back of my mind really hit me hard. So really excited to dive into this one. But before we do, before we jump on in, we've got some other stuff to talk about as always. First of all, I've got two corrections. If you listened early to last week's episode on Superhero, I accidentally mentioned that the episode came out in 2002, but it was actually 2003. I said 2003 throughout the rest of the episode, but yeah, if you listened early, maybe you caught that. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. I went back and fixed it, so if you listened later, then it would have been up to date. Second correction on that episode is that I forgot to shout out our $10 tier patrons. At the end of the episode, this is a new thing I'm doing in lieu of replacing the Patreon Adult Swim Dives with dives into the Aqua Scene Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters. So because of that, I had to give them a new reward. And that is to shout them out. I forgot to do so. So thank you, Sean, Ian, and Josh for being in that tier. Really appreciate you guys. And apologies. I'll need to write a note now. I have to get used to saying 2003 on these episodes because I'm so used to saying 2002 from season one. And then I also have to remember to shout you guys out at the end of the episode because that's a new thing as well. So so two corrections there. Moving on to Aqua Teen news this week. Again, nothing really as of January 21st, 2022. And yeah, nothing has come out yet. We had a little run there of, of some news every week coming out, especially around the Adult Swim Festival, but, but nothing right now. I'll let you guys know when I find anything. I'm always Googling. I'm always looking around for something interesting, but not a whole lot this week. I guess there's a little something we can talk about real quick. At the Central Florida Comic Con last week in Lakeland, Florida, Dana Snyder, Carrie Means, and George Lowe were in attendance. There were some pictures of them on social media together. So always good to see those three hanging out, having a good time. And if you were an Aqua Teen fan in the house, that would have been a great spot to be. So, all right, that's it for news. Again, anything announced about Aquadonk side pieces or the 2022 as of now unnamed film i will mention here if there's any pressing urgent news you better expect i'm uploading a specific episode just for that as soon as the news breaks how about that anyways moving on to some community stuff over on my instagram story i did a a low-key poll lately i've been posting on twitter and instagram i just did instagram this time And I asked, which season two episode do you prefer, Super Birthday Snake or Superhero, being both the episodes we've covered up till this point. And we had 
66% for Super Birthday Snake and 34% for Superhero. This being out of 79 votes. So thank you for everybody for voting in that Instagram poll. Just a small little thing, but I, I wanted to see what the sentiment was because that was my impression was that it was going to be for Super Birthday Snake over Superhero because Super Birthday Snake, a little bit more memorable, but we'll get more into that next week when we do our first Community Jiggle episode because I've been asking you guys on Instagram your thoughts about these episodes, so I'll go through some of those and read through some of them as well as give some more general thoughts on those episodes next week. That's really all I have this week for the community stuff. As you can expect, I will be addressing more of the community stuff over on next week's episode of Community Jiggle, which will be on the same podcast feed and everything, just in lieu of a normal podcast episode. And then over on the Patreon feed next Monday, we are starting our dive into the 2007 Aqua Teen film. So looking forward to that. Of course, if you'd like to participate in these polls, I'm on Instagram at AquaTeenPod, on Twitter at AquaTeenPod. Additionally, if you'd like to send in a voice message to get that played on the show, head on over to speakpipe.com slash dancingisforbidden. You can check the show notes for that too. I'd like to get back into voice clips. We still have a, a lot of impressions to play, so I'll, I'll start playing some of those again. But if you want to send your Aqua Teen origin story, any thoughts on the episode of Aqua Teen I'll be covering, all that kind of stuff, anything you can think of, send it my way and I'll uh, check it out and try and play it on the show. But all right, friends, that's it for this kind of stuff. Let's jump in and see exactly what the heck was going on the week of June 8th, 2003. Exceeding 120 miles per hour while not even looking at the road, this week we have driving in to the number one box office spot, Too Fast, Too Furious, the second installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Obviously, these films, very relevant today. They're still cranking them out one after another. I think they put out one like every two years. And looking at the names of these movies, it's very strange. So there's The Fast and the Furious, the first one. Then there's Too Fast, Too Furious, this one. Then there is, you know, Tokyo Drift, which, which isn't crazy. But then there's Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious 7, like what the heck? It's all over the place with the, this naming convention. Maybe that has something to do with the movie. Maybe that makes sense if you actually watch the film, which I haven't seen any of these. But when I'm just reading these names, it's like, did they have a new person in charge every single time of this? It's just insane. Like the newest one is F9. Like they're just like all over the place with these names. But I guess I, guess I kind of appreciate that. They're keeping it fresh every time. It's not just the Fast and the Furious 2, the Fast and the Furious 3. Like there's always, there's always a little twist on it always keeps you on your toes not only are you excited to see the new movie but you're excited to know what they're even gonna fucking call this thing and a fun little bit of trivia for you guys about too fast too furious is that so much neon lighting was used in the cars that a technical specialist whose expertise was in shooting neon on film was kept on set at all times <laughs> so if you're a neon fan check this thing out and I know you guys are dying to know, so I'm here to tell you that there is no shared cast or crew between Too Fast, Too Furious, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, or the 2007 Aqua Teen film. But alright, that's it for film and television this week. Coming up next, we've got our music, and we're running into our season one troubles a little bit. Two of our things are the exact same this week. Our Billboard Hot single of the week is 21 Questions by 50 Cent and Nate Dogg. We talked about that in last week's episode. And then our alternative track for the week is still Trapped's Headstrong. So let's jump into our top album this week, a new album. Marilyn Manson got booted out. Who do we have with the number one selling album the week of June 8th, 2003? Now that we're 
We've got Stains 14 Shades of Grey selling over 220,000 copies this week. And I remember really liking this album when it came out. We had it for whatever reason. And I, listening back to some of the, the non-singles, I still recognize them and enjoy them well enough. I mean, of course, I don't, I don't listen to Stained in my free time, but... I can't deny the fact that they were probably a pretty important band to me for a small period growing up just because of having the CD at the time and listening to it a lot. Stained kind of starting as a new metal band in the very late 90s and then kind of dropping a lot of their edge on this album, it seems, a little bit more radio-friendly. And, and I guess it worked, you know? They're the top-selling album this week, so kudos to them. Regardless of if you like their music or not, I think this period in time is interesting because one week you'll have a hip-hop album, the next week you'll have an R&B album, and then the next week you'll have, you know, a rock album or a metal album or whatever in the Billboard Top 200 albums chart. So music all over the place, lots of different interests getting represented. And I'm interested to see once we get up to more modern times in Aqua Teen history, like 2014, 2015, how those charts will look. And real quick, back to the Stained album, 14 Shades of Grey, These Bad Boys, guess what the last song on the album is called? It's called Intro. The last song on the album, these guys are off their rockers. Alright, moving on from music, we've got some video games. What came out this week? Piggybacking off the success of Kingdom Hearts, mashing up Disney, and some RPG stuff, we have Toontown Online coming out on June 2nd, 2003, merging the Disney universe with an MMO game. So for those who don't know, MMO is Massively Multiplayer Online, meaning you play with a bunch of other people online together. And let me play a commercial that came out in 2003 for Toontown. Ever wondered what it would be like to live life as a toon? Well, here's your chance. Jump online and straight into Toontown, where the city limits are as wide as your imagination. Make your own tune and play tons of games. Explore crazy new lands and help save Toontown from the evil cops. What are you waiting for? There's never been an online multiplayer interactive ever changing tune theme game like this before. Toontown. Are you tune enough? Are you tune enough? Well, I tried to be back in the day probably around 2004 or so, I tried to play this game, and I think that you had to buy the game to actually be able to talk in it. So it was it was free to download, and it was very limited, and so I downloaded it for free, and all you could do was piece together words and sentences to send to people, so I couldn't actually chat with people, which is what I was obsessed with about the internet at that time. I was just blown away that you could talk to people on the computer. It blew my mind, and yeah, I couldn't really do it in this game, so I think I messed around with it for like a day or two, and then probably got bored and went on to find something else. But I have friends who played this game too growing up, and maybe they had the full version, I don't know. But years later, maybe uh, a couple years ago, in 2020 or so, 2019 maybe, we played a game called Toontown Rewritten, which is free to play. You can look it up because Toontown has since closed down being a, a server-based game. You have to log into Disney's service to play it. They shut it down back in 2013, but it's since been remade for free. I assume stripping out any actual Disney characters and stuff like that. But my friends and I went to finally play it. I finally got to actually experience this game years later, and it was all right. Basically, what you do is buildings around Toontown are turned into like industrial buildings by these evil cog characters. You have to go in the building, fight through waves of enemies or something along those lines. I can't really remember. And then once you beat the boss, 
the building turns back to a colorful, fun cartoon building, so you're saving Toontown. Hooray! I mean, it wasn't super in-depth, but this was 2003, and I think for at the time, this was pretty decent for an MMO game. Remember, World of Warcraft hadn't come out yet. Most of the MMO games were pretty basic visually, so this was a full 3D game that, that doesn't even look too bad today. So yeah, that's Toontown. Some fun memories with this one. For example, like I said, back when I was 10, I tried to play it, and you couldn't really talk to people, as I was saying, because I didn't have the full version, and, and some girl character comes up to me, and, and we're kind of talking to each other in this piece-together sentence style with the pre-allowed words that we had, and we were talking for quite a while, and, and then she's like, oh, well, I have to go, bye. She leaves, and then, <laughs> and then under my breath, I say out loud to myself, I love you or something like that when I was some little dumb fucking kid. Oh my God. Yeah. Again, you couldn't even type to each other. You just had to pick, pick from uh, pre allowed words. So, so quite the love story here. I'm trying to auction off the film rights. So if anybody, you know, makes movies, let me know because this is a very beautiful story. I think it'll sell. That's all I'm saying. And then yeah, Toontown shut down in 2013. They closed the servers and on their website, it said something like, oh, Disney is wanting to focus on other things like Club Penguin, which they bought up at some point. And, of course, fans were angry, so they removed that line from the website saying that. And Club Penguin, since shutting down itself in 2017, and I was playing Club Penguin around this time as well. This before Disney bought it in, in 2003. I think they bought it in like 2007 or something like that. I'll talk about Club Penguin when we cover Supercomputer, which is the next Aqua Teen episode, because I have very distinct Club Penguin memories while watching Supercomputer on live TV. So this would probably be around 2005 or so. So yeah, we'll talk about that then. This has gone on long enough. So that's Toontown, Disney's MMO, which lives in the hearts and early romantic memories of many. So all right, it's Sunday. You just got back from watching Paul Walker and Eva Mendes flirt with each other on the big screen, and you just got the new Stain CD, and it's rocking, and you just got that Toontown subscription. Well, your parents are telling you, hey, kid, go to bed because it's you got school tomorrow. You can't be on Toontown all night. So you go to bed, but you turn the TV on when they walk away. They don't know. And what are you going to see on Adult Swim this night? Well, let's find out. At 11 p.m., we've got home movies with identifying a body, not a new episode. At 11.30 p.m., we have Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, the season finale, X the Exterminator, which is a new episode. This, this being Harvey Birdman finally ending its first season. Then after that, we get Aqua Teen Hunger Force the Super Bowl. You know that'd be a new episode. And moving on to midnight, we have C-Lab 2021 with new episode Fusebox. Then we get Space Ghost Coast to Coast with Telethon. Not a new episode. The Oblongs with Narcoleptic Scotty. Not a new episode. And one that I have talked about over on the Patreon with my fiance Hannah. I'm just kind of chatting through that one. And then at 1 a.m. we get Trigun with Rem Severum. I hope I said that right. At 1.30 a.m. we have Cowboy Bebop with Jamming with Edward. All not new episodes. So we have Sea Lab 2021 with a new episode, Aqua Teen, and then Harvey Birdman. Those being the only new episodes this week. So, you know, kind of a kind of a lackluster week for new episodes. But that's what we've come to expect so far in 2003. These nights aren't really as big as 2002 was. But, you know, we are in the summertime, which typically isn't when new stuff comes out. So I'm sure going throughout the rest of this year, we'll start to see some more new things pick up. But okay, that's that's June 8th, 2003, everything we got going on. Let's hop into this Aqua Teen episode and see, you know, what's going on in the sports world. Let's see all about the Super Bowl in 2003. 
This week's episode of Dancing is Forbidden is brought to you by Anchiladitos. Anchiladitos, they make you want to eat them. Now with 73% corn. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is also, as always, brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden, supporting the show and getting some stuff back in return. As I've said before, we are going to be jumping into the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters, and at this point, I'm starting to really fucking hate Matt and Dave for calling it that, because I've had to say it so many times, I'll have to figure out a shortened way to say it. But, yeah, we're going to be jumping into that the same way that we covered these episodes of Aqua Teen, so if you're interested in that, consider supporting the show, it really helps me out. I just have a normal dummy job like everyone else, so every little bit goes a long way in, you know, paying for all the things associated with running the podcast, like the hosting fee buying the DVDs for the commentary that I can listen to to give you guys some background information on the episodes, as well as putting the money towards upgrading things for the show to make the show better for you. So, again, thank you everyone over there, and if you can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Just sharing the show and talking about it with other Aqua Teen fans helps out just as much and is very much appreciated. Otherwise, as always... Rating the show wherever you get it is nice. I like when I see it, puts a little smile on my face, makes me a happy guy. And if you're interested in Patreon, when you sign up there at the $5 and up level, you will get a custom RSS feed which you can plug into any podcast app of your choosing, besides Spotify, unfortunately. That's not Patreon's fault, that's Spotify's fault for not supporting custom RSS feeds. But you can also listen on Patreon.com or you can download the Patreon app to listen on your phone. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Let's check out this Super Bowl business. Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Super Bowl airing June 8th, 2003 with a TV PGLV rating that is Parental Guidance 4 in Frequent Coarse Language and Mild Violence. But yeah, a PG means that kids can basically watch it. And I, I, I can see that. This episode doesn't have anything particularly bad in it. It's a pretty wholesome episode, and the production number on this one is 203, so this is the third episode produced for the season, and it is airing as the third, so that's a first so far, because everything else has been airing a little bit out of order, out of the production order. This episode, as last week's episode, I do have some discussion on when the episode came out, people who saw it for the very first time, what they were thinking back in 2003. But we'll get to that after we talk about the episode. But you do have that to look forward to. So let's jump into this Dr. Weird clip, a very short clip. And over on the Anime Superhero Forums back in June 2003, this was a very popular point of the episode. A lot of people loved this Dr. Weird clip. So let's discuss it real quick. The typical Dr. Weird music plays... And we hear some drumming, and it's a snare drum. And then we we get inside the lab, and we see Dr. Weird is there, and he is really big. He's just very misshapen, and he's standing behind a snare drum. Suddenly, Steve pops out of his chest saying, ta-da! And then Dr. Weird yells at him saying, wait for the drum roll. And then we hear more snare drumming after that as it goes into the theme song. So it's super quick. I know I just described it all, but I'm going to play the clip so you can hear the drumming. That's really what I'm playing it for so you can hear that addition to the music. But a very quick, super fast, and really tight and funny and just bizarre clip. So let's check that out real quick. Ta-da! Wait for the drum roll! My name is... 
So that's it. it it's just really, really short. And I want to point out that when Steve pops out of Dr. Weird's chest, you can see his side move, Dr. Weird's side, because Steve is inside of him, which is why he's so big and misshapen. And I love that they had his side move in when Steve pops out, which would make sense as some of that pressure is being relieved. But really disgusting and just, you know, showing that in season two of Aqua Teen, they are willing to take things a little bit further. They're getting a little bit more gross, but it's not too much. It, it, it's not too reliant on shock and gore, really. This little joke is, but but I don't think that it goes over the top too much. Simply because it's so quick, it doesn't dwell on it. It just happens and it's over and that's it. So, th so that's what I appreciate about that and why, to me, it, it, it's more forgivable to do something like that because it's just quick and over. It, it doesn't linger on it forever and try and milk it as much as it can. I also want to mention the blood effect when Steve's head comes out of Dr. Weird's chest. It, it's like a particle kind of effect. It's, it's really advanced from what we saw in anything in season one. So moving into the episode proper, not a whole lot of setup here. We have Meatwad, he's in his bedroom, and he is just shoving chips into his mouth. Now in the show, they are called Anchiladitos. They look just like Doritos, which is a triangular corn tortilla chip covered in cheese dust. And that is what Miwad is shoveling into his mouth. He has cheese dust all over his face. So let's just listen to this. That's all the setup we need. And it goes from there. Meatwad? Meatwad, you in here? You were going to spoil your dinner, boy. Dinner? A jumbo bag of enchiladitos. Well, I'll have you know that I've been in there cooking a three-bean casserole for the... Is it Zesty Ranch flavor? No, it's bean flavored. York City. Have fun eating it, because I'm eating this. I mean, you're going to stunt your growth Quiet, eating all. Now I need complete total silence, otherwise I'm not going to be able to execute this here uh, cheese procedure. <laughs> Alright, so as you can hear, Meatwad is gorging himself on Anchiladitos. The bag itself is Mexican-themed. There are some maracas on the top, a sombrero over the logo. It says now with 73% corn because these are made from corn tortillas. And then on the bag, it says made by Mexicans. Not made in Mexico, but made by Mexicans. And Meatwad is eating a 13.5 ounce bag or 382.7 grams. Meatwad, as I said, he has dust all over his face, cheese dust, but there's none on his hands, which is interesting because, you know, whenever I'm eating Doritos, it ends up all over your fingers, not really around your face, but, but very funny that Meatwad has it all over his face because he's just recklessly chowing down on them, executing his cheese procedure, and stuffing them in his gullet. So it's revealed that Frylock is making dinner. He's making a three-bean casserole. And then Meatwad asks, quick question here, is it Zesty Ranch flavor? At which point Frylock says no. And that's interesting because it reveals that the chips are ranch flavored, but the bag does not state so. I feel like it's a bold decision for them not to put ranch on the bag, but that's what is referenced throughout the episode. I don't know if it was intentional that the bag doesn't say that or not. And by that, I mean some sort of discrepancy between the art department and the script. Real quick, though, since I watched this growing up, I, I was under the impression that Anchiladitos were a real chip brand, but uh, they're not, and I feel like it's a real missed opportunity. Hey, they made Bubba Gumps off of Forrest Gump. Why doesn't somebody make Anchiladitos? Come on. But all right, as for the scene, it's, again, revealed Frylock is making dinner, and Meatwad is spoiling his dinner, eating all these chips. And Shake is about to enter the scene, 
and take the chip bag, which is now empty at this point, and he starts eating all the chip dust, all the, all the cheese dust, rather, and then two tickets come out of the bag, but Shake mistakes them for temporary tattoos, so let's check that clip out. What the hell is that steak in the kitchen? Because if that... It's the Latinos! What did you get? Hey, <laughs> I got them at did... the store! They're not allowed out there! Precious ranch dust! That's my dust, <laughs> you know about? What are these temporary tattoos? Get them out of here! No, don't throw them away! I gotta look that dust off of them! So I'm gonna cut it there just to say that's everything that I explained beforehand. And I, I, I like the continuity with, with Frylock's meal supposedly being bad. I think a three bean casserole sounds fine. I don't know why everyone thinks it's like disgusting. But Frylock is about to point out that these are not temporary tattoos that Meatwad just wants to lick the dust off of, but they are tickets to the Super Bowl. Before we get to that, I just want to mention real quick, throughout this scene, we have seen the grill in Meatwad's room, which we do not see a lot. We've only seen it a few times in season one, this being the first time in season two. And we will come back to the grill later. So I think it's interesting when they decide to include it and when they don't, because they spend a lot of time in Meatwad's room and we do not see this grill. But this time we see it. Again, we first saw it in episode one, Rabot, where Meatwad was sleeping on the grill. Although, of course, course in Rabot the art style was much different but the idea still stands so okay Shake took the tickets and he threw them on the ground because he thought that they were temporary tattoos and, and really mean of Shake to take Meatwad's bag Meatwad bought that with his own money and Shake does not have the right to, to take this and start eating it but of course that's what Shake did so let's jump back into the scene where Frolic is going to explain what fell out of the bag oh my goodness Meatwad, you've just won two tickets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, I believe you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're bluffing. Yeah, look at him. This <laughs> one. Congratulations, consumer. You're going to the Super Bowl. Give me those. Do some bang. I want them. I brought the bag. I want the bag. I want the bag. you have the bag. Look, you're a deep sea diver. Go drink some salt water. Shake, Meatwad bought the chips. The tickets are his. Master Shake and Meatwad don't believe Frylock when he says that, but then a hologram of the Anchiladitos mascot, I suppose, a chip with a sombrero on, comes out of the tickets and says, you know, oh, you won, congratulations. This little chip guy also wearing a large Mexican mustache and playing guitar with, with cowboy boots on. Master Shake tries to claim that the tickets are his. Of course they are not, and Frylock sticks up for Meatwad, who did buy the chips. Meatwad's saying, I bought the bag and everything inside of it, and then Shake's like, oh, here, you have the bag, and he puts it over Meatwad, so Meatwad is inside the bag, saying that he's a deep-sea diver now, but, but back to these tickets. They have a football on them, and it says Super Bowl. It looks kind of like a Miami background. And on the top, you can see there's a sticker on it that says Angela Dito's because, you know, there's this uh, promotion going on. And the location for the tickets are the lower level, Gate A, aisle 137, section BB, row 31, seats 14 and 15. So these seem like decent seats. They're the lower level, although they're, they're a little ways back. But still, I mean, hey, free tickets to the Super Bowl for buying a bag of chips, not a bad deal. But back to the scene, again, this is all one continuously long scene here that we're talking about. Shake is not taking the news that he cannot have the Super Bowl tickets well. Shake with dust all over his face as well at this point. He has cheese all over his face. So so let's hear how Shake reacts to Frylock saying that Meatwad gets to keep the tickets. Uh, well, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Well, no one escapes the, from the Alcatraz. <laughs> 
So Shake just just rattling off, I assume, some sort of movie quote and punching a hole in the wall because he's so angry about this. Shake then leaves the room and Frylock goes to talk to him a little bit more and then Shake does come back at the end of the next clip. It's another short clip. And Shake now has an ice pack on his hands, just, just as a little FYI. So let's jump back into this. Congratulations, Meatwad. You and a friend are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, don't that take a little off? <laughs> Well, I ain't got no friends. I'm your friend. I'm going to the Super Bowl with you. Well, everybody had them tickets. We can see Meatwad understandably does not want to bring Master Shake, at least right off the bat. Of course, as the episode progresses, things will change a little bit. But okay, so all of that was one long scene that obviously I wanted to cut up to talk about. Again, in season two, I'm noticing we have less scene changes, really. In season one, there were times where they're always going to new places, we're always getting new shots, but but the shots linger a bit longer in season two so far. Of course, this could change. We're only three episodes in, or, or, or two, and then however much of this one we've covered so far. So that could change, but yeah, just, just, just something I've definitely picked up on that I might not have noticed if I wasn't actively cutting the clips up and having to talk about them. So, okay, just a recap, because this sets up the entire episode. Meatwad won these two Super Bowl tickets, and now in this next scene... Meatwad is asleep. It's nighttime now, and Meatwad is sleeping on his grill. So, continuing with that continuity, we saw at the very first episode of the show, they are bringing it back now at the beginning of season two, where they have neglected it for the most part throughout the show. So, we've got Meatwad asleep on the grill, and then Shake comes in, feeling around inside of Meatwad, looking for the tickets. Meatwad wakes up, and then Shake starts bonking him on the head with what looks to be some sort of metal pipe. So, let's listen to that. <sighs> I didn't leave my keys in here. I'm such a silly. This must be the wrong place. Well, you're good morning. Well, good morning. Well, go. Stay down, fool. You looking for something? Yeah, are you looking for something? Just gonna lie some peace. Look, I shrunk the tickets down and injected them into my bloodstream. Whoa, whoa, I said to hide them, not get them all blood. Yeah, you know, you you didn't have to do that. I'm not an animal. I don't eat my own crap. I mean, I have standards. I like when Shake grabs the pipe to hit Meatwad with. He just grabs it from out of frame, so I, I can't explain where that possibly could have been that he just picked it up out of nowhere and started hitting Meatwad with it. But we get that joke where he's hitting Meatwad and Meatwad just kind of keeps resetting into, well, good morning, which, you know, they do jokes like this from time to time. For example, in Rabot, we had the whole scene where the garage door kept opening and closing. They'll do stuff like this once in a while, even though in my memory, I don't really equate it with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but this kind of joke that they run with it a few times throughout the series so far. Anyways, in the scene itself, Frylock comes in to Shake abusing Meatwad, trying to get the tickets from him, and Frylock's saying that he shrunk the tickets down and injected them into his bloodstream, and then Meatwad says, oh, I didn't want to get them all bloody, I just wanted you to hide them. <laughs> but a little bit before that, Frylock to, to Shake says, are you looking for something? And then Shake looks at Meatwad and says, yeah, you looking for something? And then Meatwad says, just everlasting peace. <laughs> it's, it's a great uh, pass down line of the joke, I, I really enjoyed that. So, all right, again, Frylock said that he shrunk the tickets down and injected them into his bloodstream, but immediately after the scene we just listened to, we cut to Frylock's room, Frylock is in there sleeping, 
and we see the tickets on his nightstand table, and and the hologram goes off, and then Frolic covers it up with his lamp to shut it up, and then Shake comes in with an IV of some sort or something to start drawing Frylock's blood to get the tickets out of his bloodstream. I mean, even if this worked, how would he make them bigger? It doesn't, you know, I don't know what his plan was, but yeah, that's where we're at in the episode. Shut up. Damn. <laughs> Can I help you? Oh, you're not Mr. Jones, room 302. Where are my charts? <laughs> No charts! Somebody's fired! I be, I gotta <laughs> fire someone. I'm just gonna shut the door behind me. You go back to bed, you trooper! So, you heard what happened there. I don't need to re-explain it. But the thing that I want to touch on is the continuity of where exactly Frylock's door is in his bedroom. Because up until now, we have not seen that wall. We have not seen that side of his room from that angle. When Shake enters the scene, he comes from the right side. We hear a door open. He walks in from the right side. And then when he goes to leave, he goes all the way to the left side of the room. And, you know, Frylock watches him go. So that goes back to my earlier point in a previous episode we covered where it's like, where is the door in his room? It makes absolutely no sense. So moving forward with the episode, Carl makes his appearance. And in my opinion, this is the first meaningful episode with Carl in it. Yes, he was in Super Birthday Snake, but only in a few scenes, you know. Besides the fact that, you know, you could argue that none of that episode even happened because it was all a simulation. But but we get some good Carl in this episode, and he's at the door looking for Meatwad, and he's got a football in his hands. Hey, Carl, how you doing? Hey, just a man I want to see there. I heard through the grapevine that someone won a big prize recently, huh? Look, I got two tennis to the Super Bowl. No, it's it's full. That's cute that you said that because you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> I got a pig skin here. Let's uh, wing it around. You know what I'm saying? Pig skin? Yes. Hey. They strip the skin off hey. of little pigs and then oh, pour vinegar all over their little pumping oh, organs. All for a game. Get your meat ass out here hey. and have some fun hey. with me. Get away from my buddy. He's my good friend. But if you tell anyone I said that, I will deny it up and down. <laughs> Look, it's a Super Bowl. Like you said, it's what they use in the, uh, you know, where we're going. You're going. You. You won the tickets, right? <laughs> you. This is the one that won the tickets, right? Carl hears through the grapevine that Meatwad got tickets to the Super Bowl, and I love the idea that Carl heard this from somewhere. It had to have been from Shake or maybe Frylock. I like the idea that these characters are intermingling off-screen in, in maybe a more normal capacity than we normally see on the show. But anyways, Carl is there to win good favor with Meatwad by throwing the football around with him and showing Meatwad that Carl is a football fan. He wants to go to the Super Bowl. And while Carl is at the door, we have Shake hiding behind the door, you know, inside the house. And he slams the door shut to, to tell lies to Meatwad about football to make Meatwad not want to go to the Super Bowl, and, and I guess also to kind of hate Carl in the process. Even though Shake wants the tickets, he's made that clear, he wants to go to the Super Bowl. But but anyways, Carl is there, and he forces Meatwad to come outside with him to throw around the pigskin. Okay, so you got the ball now. You want to wrap your, uh, you know, that stretchy little sticky thing. Like this? No. <laughs> More about this? No, not like that either, no. How about this? Sure, whatever. It's going right in the trash after this, so, uh... Yeah, let her rip. Yeah, hooray, we won! Meatwad and Carl outside 
trying to play football, you know, Carl's trying to show Meatwad how to do it, but Meatwad doesn't quite understand. At first, Meatwad just pushes the football into his face, and then he puts it on the top of his head, and then he has, like, four arms that all kind of wave around. You, you really have to see it. It's, it's quite a strange sight, but really funny. And then, ultimately, Meatwad just puts the football in his mouth and then kind of spits it out. That's the way that he throws it. This whole time, Shake is inside, looking out the window, watching them, because he knows what Carl's trying to do, and Shake himself wants the tickets. Now, if Shake were smart and he really wanted to go to the Super Bowl, he would be working with Carl to win over Meatwad, not against him. But, um, hmm, yeah, I don't know. That That's a discussion for later in the episode, I feel like. You would think that maybe Shake just wanted to sell the tickets, but it, it's revealed, really, that he kind of just wants to go. But, okay, so back, back to the episode. Carl is humoring Meatwad with trying to play football with him, but quickly cuts to the chase. Who are you taking to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I guess I'll take my best friend. I mean, that's me, right? <laughs> I mean, who just threw the ball with you? That You know, that one time I did. Well, that's all <laughs> nice and everything, but I'll tell you how you can be a better friend. You can eat that fruit up like a jacuzzi. It'd be real nice. Yeah, yeah, I could do that, but uh, I could turn that hose on and you could sort of, you know, flip around in the sprinkler. Yeah, that'd be fun <laughs> if I was stupid. Keep the whole pool. All right, I'll see what I could do there. Meatwad trying to use his status as Super Bowl ticket holder to get favors from Carl now, and... There's something I want to talk about with you, and that is the fact that this entire time that they were outside, it looks like basically a spring or summer day. It's just all the grass is green, and Carl's outside with just his, his wife beater on, but you know that doesn't mean anything since we saw him with just that on in the winter episodes at the end of season one. But but up until now, you, you assume it's you know pretty nice weather outside, okay? And we see the Aqua Teen's roof, there's no snow on it, nothing like that. So we'll get into it soon, but jumping over to Super Bowl history, I'm assuming this Super Bowl took place in 2003 because the episode came out in 2003 and Super Bowl 37 was January 26th, 2003. Now, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but it's revealed in the episode that the Super Bowl is right around the corner. Not, we haven't talked about it yet, but we'll get to it. And, and all this is to say... This episode seems to be taking place in January, because that's when the 2003 Super Bowl was. Now, first of all, let me say, it's supposed to be January, and we didn't see any snow on the ground yet. We will get back to that. But also, this kind of throws us into a conundrum, right? Because I feel like it's safe to assume that the Mail Order Bride episode in Season 1 was Christmas of 2002, because that's when it came out, so you kind of assume that's, that's when it's supposed to be. And then Cybernetic Ghost, that episode is supposed to take place in February, right? So that would be February of 2003. But then we had these two episodes in season two, Super Birthday Snake and Superhero, which seemed to be around in the summertime, especially Superhero, which has all the characters outside, you know, in the pool and stuff like that. But now in episode three, we are back to wintertime and it's supposed to be Super Bowl. So so either this is the Super Bowl in 2003, in January 2003, or perhaps we've jumped ahead a whole year and it is February 1st of 2004 for the next Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they didn't really have a real Super Bowl in mind and we will get to that soon enough. But this opening up a lot of questions, because my point is, if this is supposed to be 2003, that means that Cybernetic Ghost happens after this, because that's in February, this is in January. 
But regardless, I know I know I'm going too in depth here. But but the point I really want to leave with you is we can assume it is either January or February because that's when Super Bowls typically are. And there was no snow on the ground and no snow on the Aqua Teens roof. And we will get back to that soon enough. So I'll I'll stop my uh, philosophizing, my hypothesizing, and we will jump back into this episode of Aquatine, where Meatwad has gone back inside now after a long day of throwing the ball around that one time he just spit it out of his mouth. And Shake is there to suck up to him and kiss his ass to get on his good side. Hey! Little buddy, how's my favorite little man doing? Oh, come here, give me a stand by me. Tell you what, my shoulders sure shoulders. Up from throwing that ball so hard. You have shoulders. You'd be lucky to have bones. If you, I, I, I mean, let me rub them for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Why you them up in this though? I ain't touching you skin to skin. I mean, it's it's extra padding, you know. It's for your pleasure. I'm not entirely <laughs> comfortable with the level of asbestos in this milk. Just take deep breaths, breathe it in, die! I like how when Meatwad comes in, Shake is sitting on a chair, he gets up and lets Meatwad sit down, which is probably the first and only time he ever lets him do that. But after some mouthing back, Shake ends up giving Meatwad a massage, and he's wearing two oven mitts to do so. And eventually he gets so fed up with Meatwad, he starts to kind of strangle him and squeeze him to try and kill him because he wants the tickets. So after that, Meatwad gets out of the chair and Shake is chasing him around. They go right into Frylock's room where Frylock will intervene and put an end to this. Give me those tickets! Why do you get to go? You don't even know what it What's is! Going on? What are you doing? What are you doing to him? <laughs> How's your alignment feel now? Is is that straight? Oh, yes, thank you. That does feel better. Ow! <laughs> I'm such a butterfingers. <laughs> Shake just gripping Meatwad again, just kind of, uh, contorting him and then and then master shake just throws meatwad into the ceiling where meatwad gets stuck for a moment and then he comes back down and this scene continues with meatwad having a conversation with frylock real quick i i can't not comment on these oven mitts they're two kind of light blue oven mitts and it's funny seeing shake wear them because his hands are at his side but these mitts giving him way more of a reach because they're longer than his hands and they're just kind of floating there, you know? They don't look like, you know, a normal person wearing mitts, you would see them connected to an arm, but since it's Shake, they're just kind of floating there. So Shake leaves the room and then Meatwad is left there with Frylock, who he tries to entice with his Super Bowl tickets. Meatwad tries to get some favors out of Frylock, but it doesn't go to plan. Boy, I wonder, who should I get to go with me to the Super Bowl, Frylock? It could be you. If you know which buttons to push. Uh, I'm not that much of a sports fan, really. I don't Why, care. Why, is it a sporting event? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is a sporting event. I mean, it's the biggest football game of the year. Tell you what, you give me that there computer, maybe you need to go with me. Well, I really don't want to go. Super Bowl's in Detroit this year. Oh, boy. Detroit. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to go to the damn Super Bowl. Oh, good. You won't get to. Because I'm taking my best friend, which is not you at the moment, because you yelled at me. Fine with me. Maybe I could shrink you down and put you into my bloodstream. Get the hell out of here. Before we even touch the content of this scene, something I noticed while scrubbing through it is that Frylock's height changes a lot. I mean, the height that he is flying at. At the beginning of this clip, he is pretty high up in the room, and then as it goes on, he lowers and lowers to Meatwad's level, which I kind of equate to somebody maybe kneeling while talking to a child. But Frylock reveals he doesn't really want to go to the Super Bowl. He's not a sports fan. 
doesn't sound like a good time to him, but but Meatwad is still trying to get more and more from him, like, oh, give me your computer and, and all this stuff. And two little bits here I want to mention is that Meatwad here reveals for the first time that he like didn't even know what the Super Bowl was, but back at the beginning of the episode, when it's revealed that Meatwad gets Super Bowl tickets, Shake is all like, yeah, right, those are real Super Bowl tickets, and Meatwad chimes in, like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, look at him, he's sweating, he's making it up. And that just goes to show that Meatwad is super impressionable, and he just kind of follows other people's leads he repeats other people even when he doesn't understand what he's repeating but then additionally in this scene at the end of it Miwad's saying oh well maybe I could shrink you down and put you in my bloodstream and I could take you that way which he's just he's just parroting what Frylock said earlier in the episode in regards to where he was hiding the tickets even though you know we see quickly after Frylock says that that Frylock never did that so something I really want to touch on here, back to our Super Bowl business, is Meatwad says that Super Bowl is in Detroit this year. First of all, funny, he didn't even know it was a sporting event, but he knows where it is. But assuming Meatwad is correct, it doesn't really make sense because the 2001 Super Bowl was in Florida, 2002 Super Bowl was in New Orleans, Louisiana, and then the 2003 Super Bowl, the one I assumed this was supposed to be, is in San Diego, California, and then going ahead to 2004, that one was in Houston, Texas. So none of these are in Detroit around this time period. There was a Super Bowl in Detroit in 2006, but I kind of assume that they wouldn't have known that when they made this episode. I don't know how far ahead Super Bowls are announced, so it's possible they did, and this is supposed to be in 2006, but something tells me that's not the case. So, more so to this scene, we see that the power is really going to Meatwad's head, something that happens every single time he has any semblance of power. It goes right to his head. He's trying to entice Frylock to give him stuff to come. He, he's playing Shake and he's playing Carl all to give him stuff that he wants so that he could maybe take them to the Super Bowl. Speaking of which, you may have noticed at the end of the last clip, there was some engine noises and that is Shake's current bribe to Meatwad. That is a mini bike. So Meatwad is leaving Frylock's room to see the mini bike that Shake is going to give him. Look who just insulted me with this 10 horsepower piece of crap. You think I'm a child? Don't look at the streamers, look at the frame. This is a man's bike. Super crap, let me go get my dollar. <laughs> so at first Meatwad is insulted that this is just a small mini bike, not a full motorcycle, which how in the world would he drive that? But Meatwad is one over. This mini bike has a blue frame and there are streamers coming off the handles. They do a nice job animating this bike. Basically, they have the frame moving up and down over the tires. I think a, a cheap but effective way to show that it is on. And I like that Shake has this inside the house. It's in the hallway and it is turned on, meaning that there is smoke and fumes going everywhere inside the house. Not a good idea to turn on this kind of engine-based vehicle inside of the house, but Shake does it anyways. And before we move on, I know I'm obsessed with this door situation lately, but we see Meatwad standing in the door, uh, fr you know, into Frylock's room, and we see the tail end of Frylock's bed, so that gives us an idea of where this door is, which makes it funnier whenever we notice any sort of inconsistencies with where characters enter and exit Frylock's room, because we can see where it is in physical space. So, moving on, Meatwad is going to get his dolly, 
and he rides the mini bike right into Carl's pool, which makes me laugh every single time. It's so funny that Meatwad can't drive this thing. And another thing with, you know, staging and where characters are coming from, Meatwad comes from the direction away from the Aqua Teen's house, which if he was coming right from their house, he would be coming, you know, from the left side of Carl's backyard, but he comes from the right side, which is something we've talked about before. And it's possible maybe Meatwad was just riding this thing down the street and then came back to go to Carl's house. I guess there's a few explanations for this. Anyways, remember that Meatwad wants Carl to heat up his pool like a jacuzzi, and Carl suggested, hey, maybe I just turn on the hose and you can jump around in the water. Which again, if it's wintertime, why would that be an option? You wouldn't have your hose hooked up. You wouldn't want to turn your hose on when it's this cold. You would burst the pipes. But... Moving forward, we see Carl's backyard is completely snowy, there's ice hanging off the pool, and the pool is completely iced over, and furthermore, we see snow on Carl's roof in some of these shots. So very inconsistent, considering all the outdoor shots we've seen so far have looked like it could just be summertime, but now suddenly in Carl's backyard, it's freaking winter wonderland. So, kind of funny there, this is the whole uh, climax to my uh, what time of year is it thing, because we see in this one shot, this one scene, it's all snowy and cold outside anyways Carl is standing there with a hand torch and he is just you know melting this the ice off the top and trying to warm this pool up to make it into a jacuzzi this whole backyard asset the same that we saw in mail order bride specifically the ice with a big chunk broken out of it in the pool that is the exact spot where shake was in mail order bride when he was out in the water randomly when it was cold outside so let's finally head into this scene and see what carl has to say to meatwad how are we doing carl is that pool still kind of hopping on that huh well you know this little area right here is pretty warm you know come on hop in pee wherever <laughs> I know you do that. You're not doing the job I asked you to do. I still see ice. That is a problem to Okay, me. okay. Time out here. All right, I'm going to cut it here. We're about to get into a real heartfelt moment from Carl. But another reference to peeing in the pool, something that has been discussed on the show already because Master Shake has mentioned it. And I forgot to mention, too, that we see in one of the shots that there is snow on the Aqua Teen's roof as well. So on the front of their roof, it looks perfectly fine, but the back, there's snow everywhere, apparently. And while thinking about it, I think I figured out why this is. And that is because, so far, the only winter assets of the Aqua Teen's front house has been from Mail Order Bride, which was when there were Christmas decorations everywhere. And because this is supposed to be after Christmas, you know, in, in late January, early February, it wouldn't make sense to have all that Christmas decoration still up. So they just opted, it seems, to use their normal house asset, you know, from a, a normal summertime, but still the backyard winter assets because it is supposed to be cold outside, but they didn't have any of just snow in the Aqua Teen's yard that didn't have any sort of Christmas paraphernalia everywhere. So that has to be why. It's just a cost-saving measure, probably more than an oversight. They had to have known what they were doing. They just didn't have the money to spend to make a winter-neutral Aqua Teen front yard, which, I mean, makes sense. I feel like they maybe could have cropped some stuff from the mail order bride scene to a, a neutral scene. So maybe the roof wouldn't have snow on it because that's where all the Christmas lights and stuff were. But they could at least have put snow on the ground, I would think. But still, I mean, it is what it is. Back to the scene, though, with Carl and Meatwad. 
Carl is about to give his own heartfelt speech in a similar manner to what Meatwad did a few times in season one where the nice piano music starts playing and the character says something that's kind of like morally off. Um, Carl's about to do that, so let's listen to that. Remember, he's trying to get Meatwad to take him to the Super Bowl. Something I need to say, you know. Ever since my son was never conceived because I never had consensual sex without money involved, <laughs> I always sort of looked at you as, well, kind of a thing that I could, you know, live next to <laughs> in accordance with state laws. That's so sweet. <laughs> You're trying to say that you love me, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's not put people on the spot here. Who are you taking to that freaking Super Bowl? Carl, you're fatal. <laughs> so that last quick joke was in reference to Carl. He raises his hand when he asks who you take to the Super Bowl, and he's wearing a, a foam finger that you would see at a sporting event with number one on it. It's blue, and there's a shark on it. So that's what Meatwad's like, Carl, your finger, which is funny. You know, where did Carl even get this from? But yeah, just a super quick joke out of nowhere. I think I think a great way to exit this scene and end that sentimental uh, in quotations moment. But that big sentimental moment, not very sentimental. Basically, Carl's just saying, "Oh, I I live next to you." That's the basis of it. And you heard Meatwad asking, "Oh, are you trying to say that you love me?" And uh, you know, Carl isn't really having that. So. Moving on, we see Shake is inside. He's in the living room, and he is eating a bunch of enchiladitos. So, so the chips are coming back, and there's a huge pile of empty bags around Shake. He's trying to win his own tickets, but he is morbidly obese at this point, and his face is covered in cystic acne or something like that. He's just in awful shape trying to eat all these chips so that he can try and win his own tickets to the Super Bowl to spite Meatwad. Shake, what are you doing? Oh, I've got those other tickets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Maybe I'll take you, but I doubt it. Doc, <laughs> you played your cards wrong. <laughs> you backed the wrong pony. Why not just dump them all out, Shake? I mean, you don't have to eat all the chips. But they're so delicious. They torture me. And when I win, I'm going to sit next to him and ride his ass because I'm not kissing his ass for one more second. So I had to cut that off there, Shake saying, because I'm not kissing his ass for one more second. In the next clip, his tone instantly changes. But when I'm laughing during that clip, it's not even at what Shake is saying. It's just the visual of this overweight Shake. His Even his straw is fat and obese on him at this point. He's just destroying his body to get these Super Bowl tickets. And I'm, I'm genuinely shocked that he can afford all these chips. I assume that he stole them or something. I don't see how Shake could afford this mountain of chips. But Meatwad rides up on the mini bike, and like I said, Shake's tone instantly changes. Hello. Is that mini bike trading is sport? I gotta get that back to the place by five, so you know, you have fun within reason. <laughs> Forget it, I'm done now. This hog ain't got enough torque for this moment. Torque? I'll torque! Get over here in my hands! Oh! That's Shake falling out of the chair because he is so unhealthy at this point. I want to point out that Meatwad drove from the hallway, so either he's coming from his bedroom or what. I don't understand, but I love that Frylock is letting him ride this around inside the house. And I forgot to mention earlier that Dewey is the doll that... Meatwad is bringing around with him, Dewey being the toilet paper roll with a face drawn on it. So we're still in this scene. Uh, Meatwad doesn't really care about the mini bike anymore, even though it seems like he's having a good time with it. 
I appreciate that he says there's not enough torque for him, as if Meatwad would know what that is. But again, we're still in this scene, so let's continue on with it. Shake fell out of the chair, and we will hear some glass break, and soon enough, Carl is in the scene as well. Everyone's trying to get down to the bottom of who Meatwad is taking to the Super Bowl. I think we need to go get you to a doctor. What I need to go see is the Super Bowl! <laughs> Don't play with my emotions! Who are you taking? Yeah, who are you taking? Carl, how'd you get in here? The window, jackass! Who are you taking? <laughs> Carl, at this point, he is just decked out in this shark gear. I don't know what team this is for at all because he had a shark on his number one foam finger earlier. Now his body is painted one side blue, the other side green, and he has a shark fin on the top of his head as well as like a tail on his backside. He's totally decked out in this costume going full force with it and i appreciate that underneath the paint we can see his tan lines from his wife beater which is very very silly so carl you know he's the number one sports fan in the neighborhood and he really wants to go to the super bowl but who is meatwad taking this whole episode has been coming down to this and we are about to see and that person is not anybody we have seen yet in fact he's not even a person he's a box it's boxy brown baby making his first appearance and this is a box. Are you out of your freaking mind? You'll get arrested. <laughs> Meet my new best friend, Boxy Brown. Meet your new dead best friend. Uh-uh, fool. Step back. You best listen to Boxy now. He don't play. Listen to what? He's imaginary for cra- <laughs> You don't even like football. I'm the number one super fan. Well, see y'all later. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Down in Motown. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Have fun, Meatwad. Fine. Go to the Super Bowl, you friggin' have fun having empties thrown into your best friend all day. <laughs> so a lot to unpack here. First of all, Boxy Brown being a uh, maybe like a 70s kind of black guy with a, a big afro and, and the 70s mustache. Of course, he's a box, you know, and the afro is a wig, so everything else is drawn on his face by Meatwad. And there's some stains on the box, too, which I appreciate. Anytime he talks, there is disco music in the background, and he's got a smooth and silky voice. And Bakhti Brown voiced by Dave Willis. And this being, you know, in 2022, I know Carrie Means has kind of commented on this because he was asked on a podcast. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly which one, but somebody asked him about the shake like me episode and he just brought up he's like oh well you know who voices boxy brown because it's not me you know they have a black guy working on the show and they had dave willis who is not black voice boxy brown so will we ever see boxy brown come back if more aqua teen is created i don't know if, if, if so they could easily have carrie means voice him and i'm honestly surprised that they didn't just have him do it in the first place so, I mean, that's the thing when it comes to people being like, oh, people are, how can people be offended by Shake Like Me or whatever? I don't think that was it, honestly, because all the Boxy Brown episodes would be pulled as well if it was truly a racial problem. You know, it just doesn't make sense. In this episode as well, having the Enchiladitos guy who easily could be called a racist caricature because it's kind of uh, mocking Mexicans in a way. So, yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff going on in this episode, of course, being made in the early 2000s, this wasn't as much of a topic of discussion. It wasn't really out of place at the time. But looking at it in 2022, you know, I don't even know if Dave Willis would want to do Boxy Brown's voice anymore, to be honest with you. Regardless, though, I've always loved Boxy Brown as a character. And this is his first appearance in Season 2, Episode 3. Boxy Brown being interesting because he actually speaks, although which characters can hear him is always different. 
And talking about the clip that we just listened to, everyone gives Meatwad shit because he's bringing a box. Shake's saying, you'll get arrested if you do that, which obviously you wouldn't. But Shake also says, have fun having people throw empties into your friend all day or whatever because, you know, he's a box. And... Meatwad just leaves. He pick he literally picks up Boxy Brown and walks out and Frylock's like, have fun, Meatwad. And I'm sitting here like Frylock is letting Meatwad just go to Detroit by himself. Remember, they're in New Jersey, so that's quite a distance. How in the world would Frylock leave Meatwad to just do this is beyond me. But anyways, as they're walking out the door, Boxy Brown says something about Motown, how that's where the Super Bowl is. Motown being a portmanteau of motor and town, because in Detroit there was, you know, all the Ford stuff back in the day. And eventually Motown Records getting its name from this portmanteau, uh, which went on to do a ton of stuff in the 60s and 70s. All sorts of very, very popular and influential black music. So Meatwad is left, and we're still kind of lingering in the scene for a short while, where Shake isn't feeling good because of all of the chips that he just ingested to try and win his own Super Bowl tickets. So let's finish up this scene. I don't feel good. Carl, will you grab Shake's other hand? We need to get him to a clinic. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, Carl? <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm not. As you can hear by the panning, Carl just leaves. He's, yeah, I'll do that. And he just walks out. He is so done because, I mean, Carl didn't really do that much to try and win Meatwad's affection. Uh, he kind of stood there and heated up his pool, but that was it. Shake definitely made more of an effort. He at least got Meatwad the mini bike to ride around on. But Carl is pissed off. He's not getting picked. He just leaves. Shake uh, passes out and he spits up a bunch of cheese dust all over the floor. And yeah, that's how that scene ends. And then now we, we have a little message from a friend we haven't heard from in a while. We've got a Schoolie D transition, this time with Carl. We have Carl lowering. His, his feet have, like, flames coming out of them like he's a, a jet or something. He's lowering, and uh, behind him is the Aqua Teen brick wall background that we've all seen. And he comes down while Schoolie D says this. Carl, you were crazy so just Carl, you went crazy motherfucker, basically. But of course he can't actually say motherfucker. And Carl, I, I should have said, he's dressed up in his sports regalia. He is, his whole body is painted. He's, he's got the shark thing on his head. He's got the tail. Just that model from earlier. I, I guess Matt and Dave liked it enough. They wanted to do something else with it. Because, I mean, yeah, they have this whole Carl model that we only see once. But anyways, that Schoolie D transition, as always, represents a passage of time, because in this next clip now, we have Shake. He's still obese, of course, but he's coming through the door now. He's been to the hospital, so let's hear what Shake has to say about his condition. Right. Now I got diabetes. Well, the game just started. Ooh, what a contest. 55 to 3 in the first quarter. <laughs> So, Frylock is watching the game, which I don't really understand why, if, he's, if he didn't care about going or anything like that. He's not a sports fan, but he had a, maybe just because Meatwad's there, he just wants to see what's going on. And it, it's nice to see Frylock sitting in the chair watching TV. We never really get to see that. It's always Shake and then sometimes Meatwad. Shake announces that he has diabetes, and after that clip that I just played, he proceeds to push the television off the stand and break it. So let's jump back into the scene, and the reason I stopped it is because we're about to get some big news, and that is that Frylock and Shake hear the Super Bowl tickets in Frylock's room, meaning that Meatwad never even took them with him. So let's jump back in and see how that plays out. Shut it off! Did you hear me? The doctor said I have cancer! Uh-oh, is that the ticket? Ow, 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 ow. We'll call a cab. Let's go. Come on, we gotta get to the airport. Oh, we are back. 
Fuck! Oh, that was fun, <laughs> wasn't it, Boxer? Sure was, brother. We raised the roof all up in there. So, Meatwad is back, even though the game is still going on. It They're in the first quarter still. How could he have gotten to Detroit and back in that amount of time? It just doesn't make any sense. So, we're going to continue on with the scene here and see exactly what happened. I'm just going to play the rest of the episode out because it doesn't really make sense to cut it up. So, let's just listen to the last minute or so of the episode because it's all just one continuous scene. But... The tickets are right here, Miwa. I know, they don't even want them. They just sort of, you know, kind of pecked at us like a bunch of chickens. Sure did, and they was chickens, my man. It was a hen, is it? I don't know, they're professionals. I doubt they'd use chickens. Chicken? Fool, do not make him repeat himself. We got the drink milk straight from a cow and then pet a goat. And that goat, that goat like to snatch Box's arm off a toe. Sure did, that goat. Well, there's really no telling where you've been now, is there? Yeah. Super Bowls are fun. We got bragging rights this year. Number one. Who? Number one. Who? Who's number one? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> because you wouldn't do a <laughs> farm, you <laughs> imbecile. Get back there. You cost me my one chance. I got <laughs> diabetes and cancer because of you. So that's the end of the episode. It just ends like that. Shake is running after Meatwad, but, but Meatwad is backing up with Boxy in his hand, and Shake still can't catch up because he's so obese now. He's slow, and he falls over, revealing that not only does he have diabetes, but he also has cancer. So let that be a note to everybody. Stay away from those Anchiladitos, even though they are so irresistible. So, Frylock is happy with everything. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, Meatwad went and had fun at a, at a petting zoo or whatever, at a farm. Like, that's fine. And Meatwad thinks he went to the Super Bowl. Of course, again, revealed he went to a farm or a petting zoo. And that's really just the episode. And before I jump to my thoughts as a whole on this one, there is one more thing we need to talk about, and that is at the end, when Shake is cussing, he's swearing he's getting beeped out. It's not just a beep sound like it was in season one. They use random sound effects for it, which they will continue to do now. So that becomes a running gag that begins here in season two. And really only swearing up until this last portion of the episode, which, you know, isn't that common for Aqua Teen at this point. So, all right, before I give my thoughts on this episode, why don't we jump into the anime superhero dot com forum comments that were posted the night that this episode aired i'll jump in and just give you guys a positive one and a negative one we'll keep it shorter this week so the landstander has this to say woohoo the highlight of the night was no doubt aqua teen hunger force for me excellent moon and night level hilarity here the chip obsession the little mexican card guy carl trying to win meatwad's approval shake just shake in general. This is probably my third favorite episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force now, and that's just after one viewing. Everything they tried in this episode worked extremely well here. A plus, no doubt. Positives. Carl and Shake winning Meatwad's approval. Boxy Brown. The chips. The Mexican card guy. Shake after eating too many chips. Too many others to mention. Negatives. Nothing comes to mind. Oh, and I loved the ending line here. Someone correct me where I'm wrong. How dare you? I got cancer and diabetes for you. The line actually being, I got fucking diabetes and cancer because of you, but close enough. You know, I can't really blame Landstander here since the episode just aired on TV, so he only saw it once. I have the luxury of going back and checking. Landstander not even mentioning the Dr. Weird skit, which was a very hot topic of discussion, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast episode. And a lot of people really liked Boxy Brown and hoped he would come back. So it's cool to see, you know, obviously we know that Boxy Brown comes back, but at the time people are like, oh, I hope he comes back. That'd be awesome. So let's jump into a more negative comment. We have Captain Harlock here saying, 
With the whole super theme continuing, I was disappointed with this episode. The plot seemed very typical for a show I always saw to rely on random humor, which is why I would say the Dr. Weird opening had to be the funniest part of the episode. From there, it just went all downhill for me. It did have a redeeming quality with the obese shake. All in all, a grade of D+, just barely passing for me. So Captain Harlock, not really a fan, but, I mean, overall, the response to this one seemed pretty good. Better than Superhero, I think, on the old anime superhero forums. So just, again, I really love being able to see comments about these episodes the night that they came out. Because, again, these people have only seen up till what we've covered on the podcast, so they're not looking back at it retrospectively. They are reacting to it as it happens. So that's very, very cool to be able to see that. So on to old Ronnie's thoughts in 2022. I really like this episode. As I said at the beginning, you know, I'm nostalgic for this one. I think it's a very tight episode. And... Super Birthday Snake was really a Frylock-focused episode, superhero shake-focused one. This one, you know, it's a bit Meatwad-focused, but it's really about all the Aqua Teens, and it's about Carl as well. It's about people reacting to Meatwad's situation and Meatwad exploiting them because of it. So we get great moments from all the characters in this one, as opposed to just Meatwad or, you know, just one other character. And that's what I like about this show, when all the cast gets together and makes stuff happen. And again, so far in... Season 2, we have no guest appearances, no villains. Back in Season 1, you know, Episode 3... They were having Moth Monster Man come and, you know, the the vampire bus and all this stuff. In this episode, they're just, you know, fighting over Super Bowl tickets. So the show has really kind of found itself and, and they discovered they can get away with just having these characters mess around at home. And it's still hilarious to watch. There's, there's nothing in this episode I dislike. Nothing I would cut out. I feel like the pacing is great. Much better for me than Superhero. I'm going to give this one four and a half out of five mini bikes because it's just so fun and, and like I said you get great moments from all the characters the the obese shake on the anime superhero forums somebody was saying how that grossed him out he didn't like that but I think it's just uh, just a silly sight watching Meatwad run his bike right into Carl's pool is funny and I love you know the debut of Boxy Brown it's just a great episode overall and I hope I don't regret later not giving it a five out of five because it's really strong but it doesn't live in the top tier for me but it's very 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 high up there I really love this one I also, one thing I forgot to mention is, is I like how Carl and Shake are sucking up to Meatwad in their own ways, but, but Frylock's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not interested in that, sorry. But of course, Meatwad tries to exploit it like he always does. So again, another Meatwad exploiting episode, which I love when they fall into those, that it's just a character trait of Meatwad's. Is normally he's powerless, but once he gets a little bit of power, he just runs with it, like we saw in Balloonenstein, and like we saw in Dumber Days. So yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening, for hanging out with me, and reliving this awesome episode of Aqua Teen. If you like what I do, if it brings you value, please consider signing up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden to help support the show and help me continue to make it. Otherwise, as I've already said, you know, sharing the show helps just as much and all that good stuff. So thank you. I appreciate you. I love doing this and I hope to continue doing it. Our number one in the hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, and Josh are making damn well sure that I continue to make it with their very generous top tier pledges. So thank you guys for that. Of course, thank you to all the patrons. But remember, next week, there will not be a normal deep dive out. We will have our first community jiggle podcast where I will be talking about Aqua Teen stuff. So please don't just skip over it. Like, oh, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a deep dive, whatever. I am 
am talking about Aqua Teen stuff there. And on the Patreon feed, we are beginning our deep dive into the Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters the same way we dig into these episodes. So if you'd like to hear that, again, please consider signing up to the Patreon. Otherwise, I've got a little bit of trivia here for you guys, for those who stuck around till the end. You the real ones. I want to say this is the first episode this season to have the normal outro music so in super birthday snake we had that kind of cryptic hip-hop beat in superhero we had a rap about the drizzle and then here we just have the normal dancing as forbidden outro but all right have a fantastic week hope you are having as much fun as i am with this and i'll see you next week for our first community jiggle here and like i said our deep dives into the film over on the patreon feed take it easy 